0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, where we speak, we grow, we rise. I'm your host, Sarah Maneras. I'm passionate about creating community and providing a space for speaking authentic truth, growing together, and rising above the challenges of life and into the fullness of all we were created to be. This week on the WE Podcast, I get to interview Jess Garay. Jess is a sole coach, a registered nurse, mama of two, and lover of nature. She helps female entrepreneurs harness their inner power to create ease plus flow within their business. She helps you get clear on your true desires and give you confidence to show up in the world aligned in your truth so that you can be fulfilled in your work and find lasting success. During our time together, we chat about life, business, spirituality, death, and traveling our own unique path. Jess has a heart of gold and it was a blessing to interview her. So here we go. Here is my interview with Jess. All right. Welcome, welcome. Here we go. I get to chat today with Jessica Ray. I'm just so happy to have you here. I think there's a lot for us to chat about, but to start out, I always kind of like to talk about how we met, how we got connected, and you and I have never met in person, but I feel like I totally know you and love you, and you're my my people. <laughs> so this is the cool thing about Facebook, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. So we met through a group, right?
1: I can't- yeah. I think probably um, maybe about a year ago, would you say? Yeah, it's been a while. Probably about a year. Um, yeah, three mutual friends and a group and business and life, all yeah. things. And I knew you were my people too.
0: Ah, thanks. Thanks for being here. Thank thanks you. for saying yes. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So about a year on Facebook, we've been kind of following each other's journeys. Um, You are just always an amazing encouragement to me. And I mean, your heart definitely shows in everything that you do. So thank you for that. I always love, I mean, you're so good at reaching out, which I just appreciate. (laughs) Trying to think of a better way to verbalize it. (laughs) But you know, sometimes it's hard to find the words exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, let's dive in. So when I um, was talking to you about being on the podcast, you had a little bit of hesitation for a period of time. Do you want to kind of talk about that? Give a little introduction about yourself so everybody who's
1: listening knows a little more about you. Sure, I would love to so my name is Jessica Ray. I'm a mom of two boys, a wife I live in Ontario, Canada, so closest to the Michigan border um, for those of you who are in the u s and not sure kind of where we are in relation to each other um, and I'm a registered nurse so that's my professional background, and for the last four years I've been in business and I'm doing soul coaching so really helping women in business dive into that deeper level of themselves to then pull the magic out um, and really do the work that they're called to do in this world. And so when I talked to you initially about being on the podcast, I was super excited. I was like, I could talk for days to Sarah. She's so amazing and just have that connection with you. And then I listened to a previous episode of the podcast and I started freaking out. I was driving my car um, on my way to my nursing job, listening to the podcast, talking about um, kind of that person's story and how they've evolved to where they are now. And I was thinking about my story and I was like, my story is not good enough. It's not important enough. Mm-hmm. Does not really matter kind of how I got to where... I am now, like, there's not that many, like, pivotal moments in my journey, and so I started to freak out, and I messaged Sarah, and I said, I don't know about this. I'm not sure that my story is worth sharing, Um, but kind of at that point, I had coached myself through um, some of the things that I would tell my clients, and really working on how to break through that limiting belief, block barrier, whatever it was that was holding me back. Hmm. And I started to think about my journey and the way that my business and my life has evolved over time. And I was like, there was powerful moments throughout the journey that have led to me to where I am. And just because my story is different from someone else doesn't mean that it's less important or not worth sharing. And I think that that's an important message to give to everyone is that everyone's journey is unique and Mm -hmm. there's so much power in the story of where you came from and where you're going and how you got there and all of those things. It doesn't matter um, how your story compares to someone else's. Totally. So, Yeah. So definitely for a moment, I had like this freak out of what am I going to talk about? Uh, Where am I going to Steer the conversation. And I, the episode I listened to was with Jess Lindstrom, and she was talking about like preparing for the interview and all of those things. Mm -hmm. And so, when I was doing those steps, very similar personality to me, when I was doing those steps myself, I was like, okay, what are kind of like the bullet points and main things that I want to touch on? And I had more than enough to talk about. So, yes, (laughs) I appreciate you talking with me through that. moment of panic because I thought I'd have nothing to say I think the time will go very fast yes
0: yes, yes. for sure I well a couple of things first of all are you an INFJ do you know what uh, your so I was are? listening
1: to that and I am also you are <laughs> nice. when I was listening to that part of the podcast I was like I think that's what I am too um
0: that's yes. awesome have you taken the test
1: I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I took it a while ago, but I, I did, I did, I did take the test, but I didn't uh, like read all the information Mm that's associated with it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it's an awesome test, but I tend to, yeah, go between a couple different ones. It's Mm -hmm. interesting; we all have similar personalities.
1: (laughs) Yes, I think that's what draws people together: is the energy, the personalities, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Totally.
1: So I love what you said, and
0: I really um, appreciate your vulnerability right out the gate with, you know, having those doubts. I think um, it's helpful to hear because a lot of people have them. I I think almost everybody I've interviewed at this point has had a little freak out (laughs) beforehand (laughs) because it is, I, I mean, it's preparing to be in a place where, we're exposed and we're speaking our truth. And that's scary. It's a scary place to be. And that self comparison with your story versus other people's stories.
1: Definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I know that's, um, well, Aubrey has said it lot. I've talked to lots of other people who have said it where they're like, you know, this person has had it so much harder than me, or this person has experienced such more difficult things than I have. So what right do I have to be upset? Or what right do I have to, um, I I don't know, walk in my own truth. And so I think people tend to forsake themselves and their own story. A lot of times based on other people's story or not feeling like they have a right to experience their own experiences and go through the feelings that they have with those experiences if somebody else has had a more difficult experience than they have.
1: Absolutely, and that was my thing too, was listening to like the struggles and how the struggles were overcome and thinking about, you know, there wasn't necessarily a lot of like struggles per se. It was more so kind of pivotal moments in time where decisions were made, but that's not any less powerful than this overcoming a struggle. Right. Um, We all have different challenges and we all have different opportunities and it's just kind of how you respond to those things that matters. Mm -hmm. I
0: love it. I have like 50 things I want to ask you. So I'll let you start though. (laughs) I'll let you start with kind of, Giving us an overview. I know you've prepared. And yes. I want
1: <laughs> <laughs> just little bullet points.
0: So do you want to kind of give us a timeline? You you want to give us where you've come from, where you've been, and then I'll ask you my 50 questions. Sure. This <laughs> could be really. a very
1: long episode. <laughs> yeah. Don't panic. I day, really friends. don't have 50. <laughs> Yeah. So kind of where it all started, um, for me was, you know, where it starts for everyone infancy, you know, I had two loving parents growing up and I actually really and truly don't remember. I'm not sure whether I have like blocks or what it was, but I, don't have really good long-term memory. Like I can remember very little about my childhood and I always thought that that was something that was wrong with me was that I couldn't remember what happened. Like I couldn't remember how I grew up. I couldn't remember details about things. Some of the stories I remember, I'm like, I don't know if I remember those because I actually remember the event or if it's because somebody told me this story later on and I'm recalling it from the story. Mm-hmm. And so it was really difficult for me kind of I would say probably in my twenties going through being like, I don't remember how I got to where I am now. And when I realized when I did some like deeper diving and inner work, I realized that it doesn't matter. The Mm -hmm. things that happened in the past don't necessarily matter. All I know and all I remember is that I grew up with a feeling of contentment. I felt, you know, we were kind of like middle-class. We were, I felt safe. I didn't get everything I wanted, but I had everything that I needed. Um, my dad worked really, really hard. And um, my mom worked hard too, absolutely. But I would say that we spent majority of my time or our time with my mom. And I always knew that growing up, education was important. My parents always said, no matter what you do in life, um, you need to go to school. We don't care what you go to school for, but you must go to post-secondary education. And, and it didn't, um, at the time, that was something that we were all happy to do. You know, we loved education, we loved school. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't like a resistance to that. Mm-hmm.
0: Which, yeah, I, I mean, I can identify with that because in our house, it's really, that—that that is the expectation. So I feel like when you have that expectation, maybe it's not fought against as much, I don't know. I, I definitely think that college is very important. So for us in Aubrey's life, and it will be for Logan too, it's just always, this is, this is what we want you to do because it is important. It is valued. And Mm -hmm. I'm kind of mean. I've told her like, I'll help you as long as you're in school. (laughs) Like if you decide you don't want to go to school, you're on your own. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Where'd you go to high school? Like, where did you grow up?
1: So I grew up very similar area to where I am now we've kind of always been in the same area I actually lived in the same city for the first 29 years of my life and then four years ago we moved to the country which is about 35 minutes to the outskirts of the city my nursing job is about an hour away Mm. Um, but we moved out to the country and it's just beautiful here we absolutely love it so no regrets there, but yeah, I kind of, when I was growing up, I went to a school, uh, elementary school, and then high school was kind of like similar area, mm-hmm. and then my university was in the same town where I grew up, so I didn't go away to school, um, I, I lived at home, and we all did, actually, my sisters went to college, I went to university, um, which I think is called college in the U.S. Oh, yes, yes.
0: Well, you know what? I, I realized you're my first international guest.
1: Oh, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> first time for everything.
0: It's awesome. <laughs> so you call it university there.
1: Yeah. So okay. I, so that university is where you go to get a degree uh, here. So college is where you would get a diploma. So generally college programs are shorter in length. Um, mm. And yeah, if you want your degree, you go to university. So I actually started in university a year prior to nursing school. so I went initially with the expectation and hope of being a psychologist and once I got into university, I did love it, but I also discovered that I don't didn't want to spend ten years in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that would be the expectation to become a psychologist would be 10 years of post-secondary education. And so I didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started to brainstorm like, what are the other things that I could do that would be in the helping profession Mm -hmm. that would allow me to connect with people? Um, And so nursing was kind of a no brainer for me Mm -hmm. at that point. And so the following year I went into nursing, some of my credits were able to transfer. So that was, was really good also. So I got to do some extra courses that I wanted to do because I had space in my in my calendar but um, so the nursing was a four-year degree and immediately after following nursing I got my first full-time job so it kind of worked out really well the way that it transformed and so mm-hmm. when I graduated or when I did my final placement I worked in oncology so I worked mm. with adults who have cancer and I've been there for my entire, now almost 11 years nursing. Wow. I did take a short stint where I went to labor and delivery for five weeks. And I came rushing for my job back. <laughs> <laughs> because it was just, it was a totally different experience. Um, way outside of my comfort zone. And they welcomed me with open arms and it was perfect. It's just a totally different experience. And it wasn't kind of the right decision for me in that in that moment. And so I went back to where I am now, no regrets. And um, that happened, but I realized about, so seven years into my nursing career, I ran into some health challenges. I had an injury presumably from work. We're still not sure, and it doesn't matter at this point. But I was off work for an extended period of time, about four months. At the time, my kids were uh, one in four. And, you know, I couldn't even lift my baby into his bed because I was in so much pain. Mm. And so it was kind of like thinking at that time, I was about just almost 30. And I was thinking, you know, how am I going to be a mom to these kids long term if I can't even take care of them? And so it came to like a point of desperation. I was thinking about, you know, should I change my career? Should I be doing something different? Um, what's kind of the next step for me? Am I ever going to recover from this? Mm. All of those questions that came along with it. And, you know, it was kind of a really, I would say, a depressing time. Like I had very little hope that things would ever get better because it mm. didn't seem to be moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so I had a friend at that time that recommended a a product to me and I started using the product and had a lot of success in starting to really improve my health and wellness and kind of naturally evolved into business. I had zero, zero desire to ever do anything in business. I thought I would be a nurse for 30 years, same building, retire with a pension, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. all, all the things. And what I realized when I got into business was how amazing it is and how many people you have the opportunity to connect with, and touch, and reach, and inspire, and empower. And I started to see all the possibilities um, that were so much bigger than my nursing career. And so I still, to this day, am a nurse um, part-time mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. but I... Realized that my impact could go so much further than the four people that I was working with on that. Mm. On that shift. I feel like this is why we connect
0: so well, like mm. because we had that same kind of awakening aha. Mm -hmm. moment I think we've talked about this before where I was like I can impact more people than just one-on-one in the therapy office Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: it's so funny because we had like opposite experiences I went to college to be a nurse
1: did you I did I didn't know
0: that
1: about you
0: yeah I well I wanted to be a pediatrician from the time I was like five years old um and that's what I said I was going to be my whole life. And then I went to college. I thought I'll start with nursing and then see, you know, um, and after my first anatomy physiology class, <laughs> it? I was like, oh no, this is not for me. I cannot memorize all of those muscles. And <laughs> so, and the whole dissecting of the cat and then (laughs) finding out that I don't do well with blood and bodily fluids, I decided (laughs) that was not my strength area, which is okay. Totally. Yeah. So I evolved into therapy. So we have opposite experiences. It's really funny.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) That's so funny. I didn't know that about you.
0: Yeah. It's interesting, though, because I want to go back to something you said, too, In, in both of our kind of stories with college. And I think so often we have a plan. We think we know where we're going to go or what we're supposed to do. And then things happen and and they evolve and it's ever changing. And we have to learn to be flexible with our direction. That's something I know you and I have had a few conversations about privately is, you know, really just trying to figure out the direction, figure out where we're headed. Um, For me, the last probably six months, I've really been on a spiritual journey trying to figure out even fully what I like believe to my core. Um, so I know this is something we've, we've talked about privately. Um, but I think it's so important because I think it's so common for people and they want to stay on the set path (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's hard when that's not possible or things you know get thrown in and, and the direction changes so what are your thoughts on that
1: I think it's interesting because kind of growing up I had this idea too of you know I'm going to pursue my education, which was a value of my family and a unnecessary in my family. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get married by a certain age, have my kids by a certain age. And, you know, I actually did meet those milestones of, you know, getting married by 25, having my first job at 28. Um, but it didn't go exactly as I had, you know, planned. And so, when you think about kind of the trajectory of your life and kind of what that end goal is, there's so many different paths that you can take. And I actually did a live video this morning in my Facebook group talking about, you know, when you're so focused on that end goal and pursuing all of the action steps to get there, how important the pause is in making sure that you are continuing to stay on the right path. Because you think that, you think that when you go on your path, you know, all the steps that you're going to need to get there, but you kind of get halfway down the road and you're like, oh, how did I get to this space? What decision did I make that mm-hmm. kind of led me in this direction? And is this still the right direction that I want to take? Mm-hmm. And so recognizing that it's okay, number one, to change your mind, you know, I, I, Went into university with the intention of becoming a psychologist. I got in, and I was like, "Okay, school's good, but I don't want to do this for another nine years." Right. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was it was okay to change my mind. And even when I so I was going to talk about kind of how I got into business, but I even talked to others about, it took me so long to kind of tell my family that I wanted to go into business because I had this expectation about their expectations, or I had like this preconceived thing about what they would say if I decided I didn't want to be a nurse anymore. Hmm. And, you know, so it was like that fear piece of like, will they be disappointed in me? Will someone else not like the path that I'm choosing? And so you kind Mm -hmm. of sometimes hold those things back and don't really fully step into your purpose. And on the other side of the story, when it finally all came around, I was talking to my mom about, you know, business and all of the things associated with it. And she was like, that's amazing. Like whatever makes you happy. And so I for like a year had these expectations Mm or things about what she would think about mm-hmm. my choices. And so you change your decision and your path based on the perception or what you think will be the perception of others. And really and truly, it's not even true. Like it yeah. didn't even, it couldn't have been further from the truth. Um, oh, so, so true. Yes.
0: It's such a great example. I I remained very silent for a long time based on my fear of other's perceptions of Mm -hmm. me speaking up and yeah so I totally know and then you do it and a lot of times it's not anything what you had envisioned in your mind or catastrophized Mm -hmm. I think is what we do we think of the worst case scenario and go with that Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. absolutely So your mom was super supportive,
1: super supportive. And she's like my number one fan, um, kind of about all things business. She's an, she's an entrepreneur herself. She owns her own business also and has for many, many years. Mm. Um, and so actually kind of in that process too, I wondered if she would say, don't do it because of some of the struggles she had in business. Um, Mm. so that was kind of another layer Layer in it too. And, you know, when I went into business initially, I had like this one tunnel vision of like, okay, so I started with this product that helped improve my health. I was like, okay, this is the thing that I'm going to focus 100% of my energy in. And then this is also an exercise, and it's okay to change your mind. Um, But I had this like one vision of where I wanted my business to go and where I wanted my life to shift into. And when I got down the road, I was like, okay, so I have this product that I'm talking about. And while I love the product and while I love teaching people and inspiring people and helping them improve their health through the use of the product, what I really loved was the mentoring and coaching piece and really working with the other members of my team to help them and grow their vision. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of transformed then into more of the coaching and I did both for a long time and finally released the other one kind of recently, actually within the last six months, like finally saying, this isn't serving me. It's taking up mental space, even though I'm not doing anything with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Meaning your product, right? Is that yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I I love that you have like the whole like the three main pillars, I guess, the mind, body, and the spirit. I think that so often we focus on just one or maybe two mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and forget about well, sometimes we let them all go. <laughs> but Um, One thing that I know for sure about you, well, you've got the physical piece, you've got the nursing and you've got that piece. And that's something I want to kind of talk about. And I also want to talk about the spiritual piece, too, because I think that's really unique as well. So working regularly every week with oncology patients has got to be difficult and taxing and mm-hmm. really add a different perspective to your view of the world that most of us don't have. Mm-hmm. So
1: I would love to hear you share your thoughts on that. Yeah, and so I, when I was making the transition from full-time nursing to part-time nursing, part-time entrepreneur, I struggled with that because I felt like, you know, the work that I do in nursing is so powerful and impactful also. And I felt like almost like this sense of like abandonment and um, disappointment, I guess, in letting pieces of that go because I am really good at nursing. I, I'm really good at connecting with patients. I'm really good at helping them solve problems and brainstorm and empowering them to make decisions for themselves, giving them kind of all of the information. And so when I thought about, you know, giving part of that up, it was hard. It was a hard decision to say, you know, maybe this other work that I want to do can be just as powerful, if not more powerful. And so I've always said that nursing in general, but specifically in oncology, keeps you humble. It makes you really appreciate all of the things in life and all of the opportunities and gives you a much different perspective, like you were saying, on life than anybody else has the opportunity to see. You know, I've literally held life in my hands. I've been with people in their last moments. I've been with people who have had that success story, and they're going home, and they're going to, you know, kind of go on and carry on with their life. We're an active treatment floor, so people get their treatment, and they go home, and so people have this different vision, I think, sometimes of oncology, of, you know, it's a sad place to be, and lots of people die, and all of the things, and so we do have some of that, absolutely, but the bigger piece about my job that I love is that connection with people and empowering them and helping them to get better. And so I'm really good at those pieces. And so I thought given this opportunity in business, I can reach more people. I can have a much more powerful spread of knowledge, I guess is maybe the best way to describe it, but just to kind of connect with people much beyond, you know, my nursing duties. Well,
0: it seems like it, that's a natural progression. I mean, you're already doing a lot of those things, helping people. It seems like the spirituality piece would really influence that as well, because you do see people at the end of their lives and Yeah, I mean, in a completely different way. And I've always thought that that was really interesting. I I had a major fear of death for a really long time Um, that made me, like, constantly anxious, constantly trying to control everything around me. Uh, You know, I still have to wrangle it in. You know that catastrophizing, thinking about the worst things that could happen to your kids, or you know, you know I oh yes, my mind goes there, and but my fear of death really controlled me for a long time, uh, and then I realized that it was because I wasn't sound in my spiritual uh, journey, and I I think people struggle a lot more in life when they're not grounded in spiritual belief in some way. And that's, I believe it's different for everybody, but if we don't have that foundation, then it leaves us grasping and scared and all of those things. So I would just love to hear your perspective on kind of the end of life and what your experiences have been, but also how does this affect, how do you work with people on the soul level?
1: Yeah. And so kind of, as I was saying about being humble with life and recognizing how precious life is, you know, being there at the end of people's life. When I ran into challenges with my health, I was like, if you don't have health, you have nothing. Mm. And so, you know, intuitively and, Practically, really, I knew that because of my nursing, but it didn't really hit home as deeply until it happened to me. And when you kind of have that... When your health is kind of in jeopardy and you've got your back against the wall, like what are those decisions that you're going to make that's going to most impact your life? Mm. And so I started to take my nursing as an opportunity to really connect with people in a deeper level, to explore those questions with them and say, you know, if you could do something differently, what would you do differently? And a lot of the common themes that came up were that people would experience more. They would say yes to more opportunities. They would work less, um, spend more time with their kids, create bonds and connections with people that, you know, their sister that they haven't talked to in 20 years, you know, all those regrets and things that they would do differently if they had the opportunity to do it over again, because I knew that I didn't want to have any regrets in my life. And I wanted to work with people on creating those foundations for themselves to not have the regrets because taking each moment in your life and making those important decisions to really feel fulfilled in your life. And everyone's kind of spiritual journey is totally different. Mm -hmm. And everyone's beliefs and values and practices and goals, missions in life is totally different. And so seeing kind of various ways of living your life and how they got to the point where they are now really kind of inspired me then to do that deeper dive work, because if you don't dive into those deeper layers and kind of do that exploring, you're not going to be as powerful in the work that you do. Mm -hmm. And I knew that, um, but it took me going into like those deeper paths myself. And so, you know, it kind of comes to a question of like religion versus spirituality and growing up, we grew up Catholic, um, my parents weren't incredibly religious, but my grandparents were and I didn't know like it kind of like having intense religion from my grandparents made me wonder you know sometimes different approaches don't sit well with you or don't resonate well with you and so mm-hmm. I didn't really know what to believe either and so when you can, when you talk about you know not really knowing what that path looks like for you i was definitely you know in my 20s also kind of in that and not really knowing what what path to take and i just know that irregardless of anything else that the universe is working in my favor and that good things are kind to me i put good things out good things come back i follow my intuition i always try to align with my energy and to really sit in those deep spaces and explore them and to not be afraid of them because Mm. it can be scary sometimes when you're trying to do like that inner work but it's really the most powerful thing that you can do Mm -hmm. for yourself and to do the with the work that you're meant to do Mm -hmm. yeah
0: wow super powerful i mean first of all to be able to have those kinds of conversations with people about their regrets and, and seeing, being able to see those common themes and really getting a clear picture on what is important, uh, while we are living is huge. And I, I think you have such a special and beautiful, uh, perspective that you come from because you have that, that you can really help people in a completely, different way. Yeah. The spirituality piece, I think is, it is scary. It is scary to challenge maybe childhood upbringing beliefs. <laughs> um, I feel like I've, I definitely had a very major spiritual journey in my twenties as well. And now I feel like, okay, I'm getting close to my forties. It must be <laughs> time for another one. <laughs> Reband. <Three> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's never ending, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what I get caught up in is okay, I've done this. Now moving on to the next and realizing that it's it's a practice. It's consistent. It's it's not something you just go through and then
1: (laughs) you never have to revisit it. (laughs) And I think that's the important thing. I love that point that you brought up. It's the important thing in anything is to kind of, you know, as you're on that path, as you're on that journey, kind of revisit and recheck in with yourself and say, okay, am I headed in the right direction? Am I making the impact I want to make? Am I doing the work I want to do? And so when I did that with my nursing, kind of nursing compared to business. I realized that I did like the combination of both. You know, it was a good balance for me to have a couple shifts of be nursing and then the rest of the time home with my family and we homeschool our kids. And so they're kind of home 24-7. They're eight and five now. And so doing kind of a combination of The nursing work, plus being with my kids as much as possible, Mm -hmm. plus business, you know, sounds like a lot, but you can, I have a lot of flexibility in the way that I schedule myself and it works for me for right now. And So kind of looking forward, going forward, um, I definitely know that there's other shifts that are coming up, other things that I'm planning for. But knowing that I'm constantly checking with myself to say, okay, is this still the destination? And am I on the right path to get there?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huge, huge. So huge. Because it is so easy
1: to get off track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or to be so focused on the destination, like I said before, that you're running towards the goal. And you get there, and you're like, oh, this isn't what I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. You know, there's actually quite a few colleagues that I've had who have gone through their entire four years to get their nursing degree. They get into nursing. You know, they were so focused on getting their education and making sure that they get their job. And they get there, and they're like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be.
0: Totally. Yeah. 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 I have two master's
1: degrees because of
0: that. (laughs) I got almost done with one and realized, "Huh. Yeah, I don't want to do this." Mm-hmm. So I I have a masters in school counseling and realized I didn't really I love sitting with people. I love sitting in that space with people and their their story and their truth and sometimes their heartache and their grief and um that that wasn't really something you got to do in school counseling. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was a lot of prevention and so I was almost done and decided that I wanted to actually be a regular therapist so I ended up doing both. But yeah, yeah I think it's so so common. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's necessary because for some reason for those people you're referencing They needed to get that degree or they needed to go through that experience. Or I think people think a lot of times it was wasted time, but it's not necessarily.
1: No, and that kind of goes back to kind of circles around to, you know, knowing that the universe has my back and no matter what direction my life takes or whatever life throws at me, there's a reason for it. Mm -hmm. And just kind of being at peace with knowing that if I made a wrong turn or got off track, it's because that was meant to happen in that situation. And we may not always understand why and the why isn't always important, but we might not realize in the moment that that's a lesson for us. Mm Yes. Yes.
0: Lots of lessons to be learned. (laughs)
1: Sometimes Sometimes.
0: it's not always
1: pleasant. (laughs) No, it's not always pleasant. There is definitely things that happen that are not necessarily in the moment feel like they're for for good. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you may not notice or you might not realize what the reason is behind something, but ultimately... There is, when you dig deep, there is a good reason for everything that happens. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so huge. This is really a new concept for me. I, I grew up in a very, you know, God or the universe, which I think p- people call, that, call it different things. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: The love was very conditional based on you know, kind of like you were talking about that religious, based on your actions, based on it, whatever. Um, But recently, you know, I've been on this journey and I started reading uh, The Universe Has Your Back and I know we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but uh, it's huge. It's, I love it. It's an amazing book. Um, But how much that shifts things to know That no matter what, no matter what your path is, no matter, no matter what that God or the universe wants the best for you, Mm -hmm. I think was, I I don't know, like I have a hard time for some reason absorbing that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But my big aha moment while I was reading this book is that I've always had great faith that things will work out. Besides the death piece. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just in minor, minor detail. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but I've always been good at being like, okay, I want to do this. And like jumping off the cliff and figuring out how to fly on my way down. Like mm-hmm. it'll work out. I know it will. But I've, I've not had faith in the fact that I'm loved. Mm-hmm. And those are, I have just realized that those are really two completely different things and how, when we function out of that place, we're, we're continually functioning out of fear. Mm-hmm. So this goes in line with kind of what you teach and your beliefs and your, your mission. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me now about what you're doing. Kind of how do you work with people? What is your new business like? What what has
1: evolved
0: more recently?
1: So a couple of years ago now I started on the path to life coaching. So I got my life coaching certification through the Conscious Coaching Collective. And I started coaching people kind of in addition to, I thought that those skills would be really transferable to the business I was doing with the product and it really helped support me in supporting others. And so when I started doing the coaching, I realized, you know, just how much I loved the coaching piece. And I, you know, at that point had questions in my mind, like, can I do this? Is this going to be something that I'm gonna enjoy? Is this gonna be the way that I wanna impact people? And I realized, you know, after testing the waters for a little while that there's so much power in that type of work. And so even though previously I said, working with people in a coaching capacity, I felt like I could be so much more impactful and kind of reach a wider variety of people. The work that I do currently is one-on-one. And so it's interesting how, again, your thoughts and processes evolve and shift over time. And I have done group programs in the past, but essentially it's about working with someone on their business specifically and helping them really scale their business in a way that feels good to them. And kind of getting into alignment with those energies that we talked about and doing the powerful work that they want to do, really stepping into that purpose versus kind of doing the surface work. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's why I call it soul coaching is because it's kind of taking those layers off and really diving deep versus kind of just doing the work. Mm-hmm. Just huge. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: So necessary. Because I think there's so many business programs or coaching out there that does only do the surface work. Mm -hmm. And they talk a lot about mindset and shifting your mindset and all of those things, which are super important. Mm -hmm. And we both know that you can't really shift your mindset (laughs) if you don't do the
1: deeper work. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. absolutely it's about diving into those deeper levels to find out what's causing the mindset versus you know and like you said the mindset work is powerful and saying affirmations and things like that are amazing and can shift that energy but if you really don't believe it and you haven't decluttered kind of the foundation of what's underneath Mm -hmm. long term it's not going to be it's not sustainable it's not sustainable exactly mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah i agree i it it's totally not sustainable and it's also something that we have to continue to come back to over and over again like i said before we you know sometimes we can declutter and get one space kind of cleaned out <laughs> and then it leaves room to investigate another space. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're constantly growing. We're constantly learning. We're constantly evolving. And I believe that our brains, God made our brain very smart. And um, that a lot of times new things aren't really released to work on until we've work deeply on another area. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then it's like, Oh man, where did this come from? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because we're ready. And people see it as a negative a lot of time where I really believe it's positive that while you've done so much growth already that now you can handle this growth, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And each new kind of opening creates new opportunity. And so when you explore a different area, like we talked about before, sometimes exploring the uncharted territory is very scary and overwhelming. And so you need someone to kind of support you through those Mm -hmm. different exploration pieces with also kind of giving you that forward vision of where you're going with it.
0: I totally agree. So much more powerful to have help have someone walking with you and guiding you, then fumbling through totally alone. And I, I think that there are moments where we need to be alone. I've had to take some time to be alone and remember what my voice is, kind mm-hmm. of separate a bit. Um, but then knowing when it's time to re-engage and who to re-engage with, I think is super important. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think too, in our society, you know, people are go, go, go. There's constantly social media notifications beeping off on your phone. Like there's always something to distract us Mm -hmm. from doing that quiet, deeper work, um, which will then help us enable us to be self-sabotaging really to say I'm not gonna explore that because I'm focused on this other thing And kind of the idea of like the ever-growing to-do list and kind of running from task to task and not giving yourself that time to like pause explore reflect and keep going huge mm-hmm. huge
0: uh yes <laughs> I'm thinking of my ever-growing to-do list right now. (laughs) Shoot. (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Mm -hmm. And then I want to know how people can connect with you. So the first one is, is what do you feel has
1: been the most vital to your growth? So I think that that personal development piece Has been most vital to my growth kind of taking the knowledge that other people have shared and using what works for me to my advantage and leaving the rest and I think that that's another thing that some of my clients struggle with is you know, doing the personal development piece, but not necessarily giving themselves permission to discard the things that don't apply to them. Mm. They try to apply all the things. And I did that for so long was, you know, downloading all the freebies, trying to follow all the coaches, trying to implement all the strategies. And so when I kind of, so it's kind of like twofold, it's the personal development piece, personal development piece, with discernment and saying, you know, mm. these pieces are applicable to me, and these pe- these pieces aren't. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love
0: that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I I say chewing up the meat and spitting out the bones, like realizing yes. you don't have to consume it all, and that maybe it's not all for you, mm-hmm. but that, that there there are good pieces and there are pieces that maybe you need to get rid of and don't apply. I I totally can relate because I think I did the same thing also. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, What do you want to make sure that people know?
1: I would say that really taking those opportunities that you have and growing them and expanding them and evolving them into what you want them to be and turning off the outside noises you know kind of goes along with the personal development like taking the pieces that resonate with you and work with you and incorporating them into your vision and your mission and your values and knowing that no matter what you're safe and supported and your journey may take multiple different turns and no right there's no there's no one right path to the destination that you want to go.
0: Mm. Hmm. It's good. Thank you. All right. Now, how can people connect with you? How can they find you? And I will have your links and stuff in the show notes, but I would love for you to just let us know the best way for people to be able to
1: follow you or connect with you, get to know you better. So the place that I hang out most often is my group on Facebook called The Soul Cafe. So The Soul Cafe is a place for female entrepreneurs to come together and to dig deeper into those those pieces that uh, may be sometimes difficult to navigate to push their business forward. And so you can find The Soul Cafe at www.jessgarae, my last name, G-A-R-A-Y, dot com forward slash soul cafe and any other places on social media at Jessica gray soul
0: coach awesome yay and you're on instagram too right yeah
1: instagram yeah. is Jessica gray soul coach
0: oh too. okay okay yeah all right awesome okay and so n- now you're doing one-on-one coaching
1: mm-hmm Yeah. So I'm working with people one-on-one either in kind of one-time intensives or longer three-month packages.
0: Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yay. Well, you are just such a gift. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate you so much. Thank Thank you you. so much for being here. Right? Didn't you just love that? What a beautiful conversation with such an amazing woman. Her heart, peace, and light are such a calming and grounding force in this chaotic world. What a gift to so, so many women to be aligned in your business with the core of your heart and who you truly are. I encourage you to connect with Jess. You can find her on Facebook at Jess Nicole Garay, and also in her private Facebook group, The Soul Cafe for Female Entrepreneurs, and on Instagram at Jess Garay Soul Coach. So the links to those are also in the show notes. And don't forget that the sponsor of this episode, Eliza Quinn Creates, is offering the We Podcast listeners an exclusive amazing deal. She's my dear friend and is so talented at making absolutely beautiful earrings. She's running an additional special right now where you buy three and get one free. And in addition to that, she is continuing to offer the 15% off Your total purchase only to the We Podcast listeners. So make sure you mention the code TOGETHERWERISE when you get in touch with her. You can find her on Facebook at Eliza Quinn Creates and also on Instagram. Alright, remember your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow like crazy, rise above, and always know that you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.